It's time for the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Michael is a speaker, author of two best-selling books, and the president of three financial companies. He's also a frequent guest on national media outlets such as CNBC, Fox Business, and Bloomberg. His passion is to help you live well in retirement. This is the Wealth and Health Show. Welcome in, folks, to the Wealth and Health Show. And again, I'm your host, Michael Wall, and we're going to have a great show today. I'm excited for us, really excited for you, the listener, as you're listening to this, wherever you are in the country and the world, obviously each week we have a variety of different guests uh, and talk about a bunch of different topics, all the way from the wealth, which has to do with businesses and C-level executives, leaders in the coaching field, uh, just leaders in different businesses, whether it be top companies like Kohler or things like that, all the way to the health side, where we talk about... Uh, and interview different doctors and holistic experts. And we had uh, Linda on a couple weeks ago. It was quite an interesting story talking about live enzymes and <laughs> how we should eat healthy and all that. Very important things because at the end of the day, folks, obviously, and I, I say this each and every week, but you know, one of the things that I'm a big believer of is if we are in a situation where we have wealth or we grow businesses or we maintain wealth, whatever that looks like, but we lose our health in the process, you know, that, that makes life really not that fun to live. So we want to make sure that we're sharing value and adding value on both sides. So today I wanted to take a little bit of time because, you know, there's a lot of things happening out there now with what markets are doing and where things are. And I wanted to take a step back and I wanted to talk about some things that I believe uh, really are something that people, a lot of people really out there in the country are affected by, and that is mutual funds in general. Now we're going to talk about some of the hidden secrets about mutual funds and some of the reasons of why you may not be achieving some of the gains and returns that you think you should. Because there's a lot of inefficiency and there's a lot of things with mutual funds that, quite honestly, a lot of consumers do not know. And the funds themselves do not have to express or explain or really bring the full disclosure. Now, if you've listened to us before and you've checked this out, you know that I have three different financial companies uh, we work with uh, folks really in different parts of the country, offices in Florida and Pennsylvania as well. And one of the things and one of our goal really is to work with folks who are kind of higher net worth type clients. That number is different uh, in different parts of the country, obviously, just depending on what that looks like. But the focus is protecting and growing wealth and being in a place where we're actively managing and actively engineering portfolios. But as I share things today, my goal is to educate you. Because if you're out there right now and you own a mutual fund or you own mutual funds in your portfolio, whether you have an advisor and they've advised you to own any particular fund, I'm not going to pick on any names today. That's not the goal. We want to keep it uh, above, above board, so to speak, for compliance reasons. But I want to share with you just some of the general inefficiencies and some of the general hidden things that you probably would have not known or been able to uncover on your own. So that way you can become more educated. And I believe that when you become more educated, we're in a situation where we all are in a place where we can come out and really uh, fare well as time moves along. Now, I want to start out initially, and again, at any point in time, if you have questions, feel free to visit us at leanonthewall.com. If you're uncertain about your current financial situation and, and the funds that you own, feel free to give us a ring, and, and the girls can let you know whether or not you qualify for a wealth review. Uh, that number, is, by the way, is 866-943-2351. Again, 866-943-2351. But let's jump in here to kind of Mutual Fund 101. Mutual funds typically have a variety of different share classes. Typically, Class A shares are what we call front-end sales charged. 
Uh, meaning you're in a situation where you're going to, if you invested $100,000 and the sales charge was 5%, you would have a 5% charge immediately on the fund. Now, a B share would defer that charge and a C share would give you like kind of what's called a level load. In simple terms, what that means is it would not impose a front end charge and it would just kind of charge you over time. Now, I know this is a little bit of the detail here and I want to dive into some detail for you. We're going to share some examples as well, but I want you to be educated. I'm a big believer of the fact that if you own mutual funds, uh, you'll see a lot of times that uh, there's can be over diversification, a lot of other things that happen as well. Now, when we jump into the idea of undisclosed or hidden costs, folks, this is really, really important. I mean, think about it like this. If you were going to go out and you were going to buy a second home, let's say you were going to buy a vacation home somewhere, and you looked at that house, and when you looked at it, you realized that the price of the house was just pick a dollar. Let's say it was $500,000. And you knew the cost of the house was $500,000. Well, you know there's going to be some other costs attributed to that as far as closing and all of that. But let's say you were in a situation where that house, after you purchased it or while you were going through the process, they said, hey, by the way, we just wanted to let you know there's some additional, the, the total cost to buying this house is going to be $550,000. And that extra 50 was not counting the closing costs. So your question is, is well, what is that other 50000 coming from? Well, it's coming from hidden costs, and we don't have to disclose all of these things, but we just want to let you know that this is the total price of your home. Well, now you're going to step back and you're going to say, wait a minute, uh, I, I need to know what that extra $50,000 is because obviously I'm spending monies for that and it's affecting my basis or cost of the home in general. With a lot of mutual funds, they do not necessarily have to fully disclose everything. Some do. Uh, and that's what really becomes impactful on your returns. This is one of the things we're going to talk about later of why mu most mutual funds underperform the market. Really, really important. So when you take a look at undisclosed or hidden costs, what are a couple things that can be there? Um, by the way, at any point in time, if you're uncertain, leanonthewall.com, check us out. But here's what we found. Bid-ask spread. You say, what is that? I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Other investors. Well, that's other people buying into the fund. Remember, these are mutual funds, so you're mutually buying into a fund. Uh, commissions. You might be paying for someone else's trades. Administrator costs, accountant costs, auditor costs, board of directors costs. So all of these things can be costs that don't necessarily have to be shown, but yet will affect your pricing, will affect your value, and will affect what you actually get to see as far as your end result uh, of your value as you buy in. These are really, really important, and it's something you want to be considerate of because now what happens is if you invest a certain amount of dollars in a fund and these costs are there and you don't know about them, it's going to cause you to have a lesser return as time moves along. We're coming up to a commercial break here, folks, but I want you to stay with me because I'm going to dive into what these costs are. We're also going to talk specifically about tax inefficiency, why these funds can sometimes be tax inefficient, if you will. Very, very important because these are some of the reasons why you are not achieving some of the returns you need to see in your financial portfolio. Stay with us. We'll be back right after this.
With the volatility in the markets, it can be scary to know the right solutions for managing and protecting your family's wealth. That's why Michael and his team at Wall Financial Group work exclusively with higher net worth clients to engineer portfolios that minimize risk and maximize potential. For more information, visit leanonthewall.com and see if you qualify for a Living Well Retirement Review. Call toll-free 866-943-2351-866-943-2351. This is the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Well, welcome back in, folks, to the Wealth and Health Show. And again, I'm your host, Michael Wall, and we are talking today specifically about some industry things. We're talking about mutual funds, and the goal here today is to educate you. Now, obviously, if you've listened to this show, you'll notice that today's show, and from time to time, we'll have a show like this that is a little different format than the shows where we're interviewing a guest and, and kind of sharing insight on a variety of different things from the wealth to the businesses to holistic experts, doctors, you know, kind of all over the board, all over the map. But we want to, from time to time, based on what's happening with markets and based on what's happening with things out there, have a kind of a little bit of a step back show where we can share insights, help you, the investor, fare better regardless of what's happening out there. You know, what's interesting is I was looking at some research here during the break, and what we know is, uh, you know, we're hearing a lot of conversation today about Fed interest rate hikes and all these sorts of things. You know, the last time that a Fed interest rate was hiked or raised, that coincided with a bear market, obviously meaning the market going down for the S&P 500. The, the last time that those two coincided was in 1973. It's so almost 42 years ago was the last time those coincided. What was interesting is uh, the S&P peaked during that time on, in basically January 1973 and before it dropped 48% over the next 21 months, which is crazy. Now, what's going to happen in the future here? I don't know for sure with markets. Nobody knows that answer for sure. If anybody tells you, folks, that they know what's going to happen with markets in the future, I can tell you that uh, they're lying <laughs> because nobody knows for sure what's going to happen in the future in the markets. What we do know, however, is this. We know that the markets have been sideways. This is a conversation that I've been having on different media outlets and as I've been sharing thoughts and advice on different media uh, for the last several months. And what we know, what I know and what we've been seeing is the markets have really been in a sideways trend since November of last year, November of 2014. So we know that after that sideways trend, the neck is tightening. We're going to be in a situation where it typically either goes north, goes up, or goes down. Now, since we've been in a bull market basically since 2009, I believe there's a greater chance for the market to go down than it is to go up. And that's why we want to make sure, as we're engineering portfolios for our clients, we are protecting against the downside, but also maximizing the upside potential at the same time. We are not ever in a situation where we're doing a set it and forget it strategy. We want to be in a place where we're taking a proactive approach and preparing in advance. Folks, and that's one of the reasons that I wanted to share this show with you to help you understand a little bit more specifically today about mutual funds, because I know a lot of people in the country own mutual funds. This is something that still a lot of people own. In my opinion, it's kind of an older investment that is easily replaced with something that's more efficient and better. And by the way, at any point in time, if you have questions about what that looks like or you're concerned about your situation, feel free to give us a ring, 866-943-2351. Again, that's toll-free, 866-943-2351. Call in and you can chat with the girls and see what that looks like as far as you having a, a wealth review just to make sure that you're in the right spot in the right place. 
And today, and in this segment, I wanted to talk here about undisclosed or hidden costs. So what does that look like? Well, what we know is that sometimes these hidden costs, these so-called hidden charges, can sometimes, folks, be larger than disclosed costs. There are some disclosed costs that are in funds, but sometimes the hidden costs can be larger than disclosed costs. And by the way, there's an article, a couple articles. One was in the Wall Street Journal. There was another one in Forbes. And there was also uh, another one and some other things. But Shedding the Light on Invisible Costs is, is one of the articles uh, that was written there. And there was some, again, from Forbes that were written talking about mutual funds in particular and these hidden costs. Now, what are these hidden costs that we see in there? Because it's important for you to understand kind of how it works. Well, some of the things we talked before is bid, ask, spread, other investors, and some other things. But let me just kind of give you a simple example. Let's say you invested $100,000 in a fund. Let's say you're in a place where you found a particular mutual fund or you had an advisor, and maybe your portfolio value was, you know, a million, two, three, four million, five, less, whatever that number is, you're investing. And the advisor says, hey, we're going to go ahead and invest in this fund and that fund and this fund. We like these managers. So you go ahead and invest in. Well, now what happens when you do that is let's say a piece of the fund is $100,000 that you're going to invest in this one particular fund, just to pick a number. It could be anything. You can put your own number in there. Let's say that the disclosed costs are $2,000. So we invested $100,000 in this particular fund. Disclosed costs are $2,000. Let's say the market has an 8% return. But because of the hidden costs, your return is only $6,000 instead of $8,000. Now, also, you paid a $2,000 disclosed cost. So your return now is only 4000 You say, well, how does that actually work? Well, you know, technically, there's, again, a lot of different ways you can pay, a lot of things you're paying that are hidden costs. Well, one thing is, we talked, is other investors. Folks, this is really important because sometimes when people are buying into funds, into the mutual fund, remember, it's something where people are mutually buying in. You're in a situation where if you're in that fund, you are participating in the costs of that fund as people buy in. That can come into play with the ask and bid prices. And I don't want to turn you off here, or I don't want you to shut off and say, what is he talking about? This is deeper than I want to go. I want you to stay with us because there's going to be some other things later, tax efficiency and things you're going to want to hear. We're going to simply explain it. But really what that means is the difference between the bid and the ask is what's called a spread, and that can eat away your investment value as people are coming in. So let me give it to you this way. Let's say uh, that you uh, sell a stock for 1950. And you buy that same stock, and we're talking about a stock now, not a mutual fund. Let's say you sell a stock for $19.50, and you buy that same stock for $20.50. What happens? Well, in that scenario, you sold it for $19.50 and buy the same stock for $20.50. Well, technically, you lose a dollar. Well, if you're in that mutual fund and that situation occurs, that's what can happen. Because let's say it depends on when you buy in and the funds or the stocks in that fund were purchased, you could lose or gain money. So the bottom line is when funds are purchased, additional commissions can happen to accommodate new investors. And they typically pay brokerage commission. And that's something you'll pay as well. You know, it, it was interesting, folks. I had there was, a uh, again, a, a gentleman that I was sitting down with and we were talking about these things. And he was saying, you know, I never really thought about it that way. I just thought about the fact that I was buying into a mutual fund and it seemed like a good investment and it seemed like I could be in a situation where I could have the opportunity to make money over time. To me, it seemed like we were diversifying because we were buying into a bunch of different stocks. That's kind of what mutual funds do. 
They buy into a bunch of different stocks. So that's a lot of times how they're sold. Hey, we're going to diversify well. We're going to buy into a variety of different stocks. And we like these managers because of X, Y, Z. But unfortunately, how mutual funds work can wreak really big uh, havoc, so to speak, on your returns. As I mentioned, there can be bid-ass spread costs, other investors, commissions. You could be paying for someone else's trades. Think about that. You're mutually in the fund. And if someone else in that mutual fund decides that they want to exit the fund, meaning they want to sell their portion of that fund, folks, what happens is because you're in the fund, you will absorb the cost, some of the cost, you'll mutually share in the cost, so will everyone else's fund, of the investor that decides that they want to exit the fund. So if you're a $500,000 shareholder, so to speak, in that mutual fund, and someone else in that mutual fund is a $5 million shareholder, and they decide they want to sell their portion of their fund, all of those trading costs are going to be absorbed mutually by everybody in the fund. So that's one of the things that makes it very inefficient. And quite honestly, it's in my opinion, it's unfair to you, the investor, because you're absorbing costs of other trades. Now, this doesn't always happen, but a lot of times it does. Also, you have administrator costs, accountant costs, auditor costs, board of directors, etc. So if you have questions about whether or not you are in a position where you're absorbing those costs or, or your returns are being pressed down, if you will, or repressed by hidden costs, give us a ring, 866-943-2351, and we can help you walk through that a little bit. Also, there's some information that we can have the girls send out to you to gain knowledge on that. Now, I want to spend just a few minutes, and I want to talk about tax inefficiency. You know, we hear a lot today about taxes and what that looks like, and nobody likes to pay taxes for sure. But at the end of the day, what we know is certain things in the investment world are tax efficient, and there are other things that are tax inefficient, meaning they're not efficient as far as taxes at all. You know, you hear about a lot of the wealthy folks that are out there, and we work with a lot of folks that are higher net worth in, in different parts of the country. And one of the things that we see, for example, a lot of the folks that we work with in Florida, I'll use that as an example, they're in a place where they are constantly looking for strategies because of their net worth, even in other parts of the country, whether it be Pennsylvania or whatever, where they're looking for strategies. How can I minimize my taxation? Because we're in a situation, folks, that if we make a dollar and we have to give 50 cents to the government, well, we really didn't make a dollar, did we? We made a dollar, we gave 50 cents to the government, so technically we made 50 cents. That's what we get to keep. Because what matters is not what we make, it's what we keep. You know, and again, I've said it before in, in, in previous shows, I'm a big believer in the fact that a lot of people don't know what they want because they don't fully know what's available. So I want to dive into this a little bit, this tax inefficiency, and talk about what that looks like in relation to mutual funds. So I'm going to use a real kind of corny example, but hopefully help you remember. Let's say that you had a fund. We'll call it the water fund, just as an example. Everybody likes a nice, cool drink of water from time to time. So let's call it the water fund. And let's say that water fund contains a stock that is called H2O. Okay, so the fund name is water fund. Okay. So everybody likes a fresh, cold drink of water. And the stuff that we're purchasing is H2O. We're going to use that as an example. Well, let's say that the current price of that stock, of that H2O stock, is $90 a share. So we're in a situation where you buy into the fund. You see this fund. Uh, you see the water fund. And you say, I really like that. 
by the way, this is a made-up fund and a made-up stock, okay, <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> but you buy into this fund, you say, you know, I've researched it, or your advisor says, hey, I like this. I think you should buy into this as a piece of your portfolio. So you go ahead and you buy into this water fund investment or this mutual fund. And one of the stocks that you own is that H2O stock. Now, the, that stock, when again, when you buy into the fund, is $90 a share. hope you're with me so far. So $90 a share. Now, let's just say that that H2O stock the price of it falls or drops from $90 to $80. So you bought into this fund, and one of the stocks that you owned in the fund when you bought in was $90 a share, and now it fell to $80 a share. So now we say, okay, the value of the fund falls, obviously, with the price itself. So the water fund value dropped. Are you with me? So I hope you're paying attention here. The value of the fund dropped because the stock that you owned inside the fund dropped. Well, now let's say that the water fund decides, the managers of the fund decide that, you know what? Hey, we want to sell all the shares that we have of the H2O stock. We're going to sell these shares because it's dropped $10. Well, here's what's interesting. Remember, because you bought in at $90 initially. Well, what's interesting is that the in this scenario, for this example, and this is very real life, it could definitely happen. Let's say the water fund itself originally purchased that H2O stock at $75 a share. Now, when you bought into the mutual fund yourself, that stock was valued at $90 a share. But the water fund, when it originally purchased the H2O stock, bought in at $75 a share. So technically, when that fund, the water fund, sold that stock, they sold it for a profit of $5. Why? Because the fund itself bought in for $75. It sold out at $80. Well, there's a $5 profit. Well, guess what happens? Well, because there's a profit there for the fund, there's a capital gains tax of roughly $1 a share. So now you're in a situation where you are in the fund, and you bought in at $90 a share on that stock, the value declined, but guess what? <laughs> you still are in a situation where you pay taxes on the gains that you never even received. Now, what's interesting is, is you don't even get a tax credit. So, folks, this is one way that these funds can be very, very tax inefficient because you share in the costs as things are bought and sold, regardless of what the price is of whatever they originally bought it. This is really, really important. You technically lost $10 a share on that stock, but the fund itself bought it at 75 So because of that, there was still a gain for the fund and a loss for you because you entered when you entered this the fund. Now, this is really important, and this is what happens a lot of times with mutual funds because you're mutually involved with everyone else and what's happening with the fund. These are one of the reasons I believe there are better strategies, and certainly for those that have you know, wealth, we'll call it levels of wealth, there's definitely strategies that are much, much more efficient that we want to be looking at to make sure that we're maximizing our situation, maximizing our wealth, and maximizing what we're doing as time moves along. So we've got to hit to a break, but I want to make sure that we you hang with us. We're going to talk about some of the other hidden secrets, some of the hidden things that you are not aware of probably with mutual funds in general. We're going to disclose those and expose those so that way you are more educated as time moves along. We'll talk with you soon. Stay with us. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to The Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. 
Hey folks, it's Michael Wall here. Just wanted to share a quick thought on how you can make a huge impact on someone else's life. As an active member of Christ Fellowship, I've had the opportunity to interact with a variety of top-notch charities. And it can be challenging sometimes to know where to get involved, either with your time, financially, or both, and then to be sure that your gifts and donations are really making a change. So I wanted to share with you an organization that has recently been ranked number one by Charity Navigator and is dramatically improving the lives of young people, Place of Hope. Place of Hope has been doing just what its name says, giving hope to young people since the mid-90s. I want to encourage you to visit placeofhope.com. Again, that's placeofhope.com to learn more and to see how you can help the cause of improving our nation one child at a time. This is the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Welcome back in, folks, to the Wealth and Health Show. And again, I'm your host, Michael Wall, here. We're talking today about mutual funds specifically. And I know we're diving a little deeper than we normally do on some of these things. I hope it's been very beneficial for you. I know that really the key is, depending on where you are in in your world, uh, regardless of what you do, you know, a lot of the folks that we connect with initially, sometimes they're self-managers. They've been in a place where, you know, they've kind of been jaded from the financial industry, which I totally understand. Not everyone is in a place where not all advisors are created equal, and we know that. So it's important to find uh, what the right fit is for you, whether you're a self-manager and and you want to kind of jump back into kind of gaining advice and you realize the need for it, but it's hard to know where to go and who to talk to, or you're in a situation where you currently have an advisor. You know, quite honestly, folks, a lot of the clients that we interact with and connect with come to us really seeking a second opinion. And again, most of the shows that we do when you listen to the Wealth and Health Show is not necessarily designed specifically to, we'll call it call-to-action shows, meaning you know, you call in and say, hey, let's see if we can help you improve your situation. But I wanted to spend some time here on this show primarily because we know that there's a lot of concern out there in the market. There's a lot of concern out there with consumers, and we want to be in a place where we're talking about these things so you can be better educated regardless of whether or not we feel it's the right fit for uh, us to connect or not. Regardless of what you're doing, we want to educate you. So one of the things that I want to encourage you to do on our website, if you go to leanonthewall.com, again, leanonthewall.com, there is a tab, and it's an education tab. You can click on that tab, and there are several different videos there that I've done it previously, basically, to help educate on a variety of different things, whether it be reverse dollar cost averaging, whether it be you know financial amnesia, whether it be finding the right advisor. And sometimes that can be a daunting task to know, you know who is the right fit for me. There's so many advisors out there, sometimes friends, but sometimes friends are not necessarily the best person to do business with. Now, that's not always the case, but sometimes that is the case. So we've done some videos that allow you the opportunity to kind of educate yourself and learn. And by all means, at any point in time, if you have a question or you're in a situation where you feel that you want to say, hey, you know what, I'd like to reach out to, to Michael and, and his firm and see if there's a way that we can get a second opinion on what we're doing, then give us a ring, 866-943-2351. Again, 866-943-2351. We are kind of exclusive. We only work with a particular type of client, but one of the best ways to find out whether or not you're the right fit to determine uh, having a first wealth review, that type of thing, is to give us a ring, and the girls can ask you some questions 
uh, and send you out some information, that sort of thing. So that way you can be better educated at least and know whether or not it makes sense for us to sit down and have a conversation. Now, we're talking today about mutual funds, as I mentioned, and we've talked about a couple of different things. We talked about tax inefficiency. And folks, that is probably, in my opinion, the biggest thing that we see a lot of times with funds. One of the companies that we have is Wall, Lasseter & Company, and my partner, Danny, is involved in really helping clients that are higher income earners, typically four or $500,000 in income per year, higher income earners save money in taxes significantly. We've seen significant dollars to saved. I believe our average this year, our average client that we've seen saved there is around a twenty-five to $30,000 a year of actually annual savings. So it's very, very significant. And one of the things we see when they come in for us to help them in managing their wealth, as well as helping them with their taxes, is the inefficiency of some of the funds that they currently have. Now, typically at our firms, I have three different companies. We are a fiduciary. I am a fiduciary. What does that mean? Well, that means that I must do what is in the best interest of our client at any given time. Now, that's important because a lot of brokers out there, a lot of folks out there are not fiduciaries. This is something you want to research and look into. The Wall Street Journal has done some articles on this. And some other entities have done some articles on this. Really important. One of the reasons we're fiduciaries is I believe that if we're not in the industry and we can't do what's best and right for our clients at all time, then we really should not be in the industry. And that's one of the things that I'm excited about with the folks who are able to help. But one of the things we see, as I mentioned, with this tax inefficiency is it's kind of a double whammy. You know, folks have been in a p place where in the past they're investing in a mutual fund uh, or a variety of mutual funds. And they find that at the end of the year, maybe they don't make money or they don't make as much money as they think they should. And then they also end up paying taxes for maybe monies that they never made. Then we talked about undisclosed and hidden costs. One of the things that you can do, and that's a great tool, if you go to Morningstar, Morningstar is really a third-party, non-bias organization where you can go ahead and get some view of what you're currently investing in. You can go there, you can log on, and there's a quick, quick search, so to speak, or quick tools that you can use to actually search your fund. You can take a look at what the performance has been over the last several years. This allows you to know really what's happening. You know, one of the chapters in the book that I wrote called Avoiding Financial Amnesia has to do with a lot of times people, you do not know what's going on in your portfolio. That's important. How in the world can you know what you want to do in the future or what your goals look like if you don't know exactly what's happening in your portfolios? And there's always these ebbs and flows in the market. And unfortunately, there's a lot of things that happen in the markets in general that a lot of the general public are just unaware of or are uneducated about, or maybe they care not to, to know about. Maybe they're more interested in how many weeks of vacation are we going to take this year than, than what my funds and my assets are going to do. So people tune out. Well, what happens, unfortunately, a lot of times is the compensation for these managers is typically not linked to the fund's performance. Now, I'm not saying this is happening, but sometimes if the compensation is not linked to the fund's performance, it can cause the managers to care a little bit less about what's happening. Again, I'm not saying that that's in all cases, but sometimes that could definitely be the case. As a contrast difference, we at our firms, we are directly connected. Our compensation, the fee really, that we charge is directly linked to the performance of how the funds do. In other words, if, if the value of a client's account goes up, what happens? Well, the firm, my firm, makes more money. If the value of the client's account goes down, our firm makes less money. 
So we are in a situation where we're looking at ourselves and our role really is our CFO for our clients. By the way, folks, that's one of the other reasons we specialize in a particular industry. That's one of the other reasons that most of the folks that come to us are typically in a place where they have a certain level of, of assets. That's different in different areas. In the Pennsylvania area, typically that level of asset is about $500,000 or more. In Florida or other parts of the country that we work with, those numbers are typically a million or more because we found that those numbers and bring enough good solution and structure together as we're engineering that portfolio. So underperforming mutual funds are a problem uh, that a lot of times people or consumers will see. You want to make sure that you're aligning your investment in such a way that if you can be aligned where the person that is helping you is paid directly based on your value, you're probably going to be in a better situation to get a little better performance. Now, you would think that to be the case, and I think that's a good step one as a checkbox to say, how am I being paid? By the way, if you're not sure how you're paying, if you're not sure what you're paying in your portfolio, if you're not sure what it looks like, if you want to go through and kind of get a little bit of a financial forensic analysis on your situation, and you meet the criteria that I mentioned, in Pennsylvania, it's 500000 or more. In Florida or other states, it's $1 million or more. If you meet those financial criteria in your portfolio, give us a ring at 866-943-2351. Again, 866-943-2351. Or visit leanonthewall.com and fill out the questionnaire there. And we'll make sure that we not only get you some information, but get you on the horn with uh, one of our girls to see if you qualify for a wealth review and talk about how can you become more clear on what you're currently doing with your investments? Really what we want to do, again, is you want to align your objectives with whoever's managing it so that way they're both in sync. And unfortunately, uh, mutual funds often align objectives between investors and managers, and that's really known as the agency cost, you know, is what we call it. So we want to kind of stop agency costs and focus on maximizing benefit for you, the investor. Now, another thing that we see a lot of times is mutual funds can often be over-diversified. You say, we've heard of diversify. You know, diversify, diversify, diversify. But a lot of times people can be over-diversified. Now, here's what's interesting, folks. Depending on the fund that you own, if you own mutual funds and you're out there today, these funds can own from a handful of stocks to hundreds of stocks or more. And, you know, one of the things that I've seen, I, I had a client before they were a client, they were a prospect really, came into the office one time, we sat down, and they had opted, they wanted to do a, a wealth review. So we sat down, and we had a conversation, and we looked at their situation. They literally owned about nine, almost 10 mutual funds in their portfolio. And when we dissected the funds that they owned, what we found out is each fund owned a variety of stocks, at least 30 stocks in each fund. So when you take a look at that, they were in a situation where they had 10 funds and about 30 stocks roughly per fund. So when you do the math on that, you take 10 times 30, that's 300, right? They had 300 different positions. They were way, way over diversified. There's a lot of research that has come out from studies and, and different things, whether it be the Wharton School of Business, Yale and Harvard endowment models have done some studies on this as far as diversification and what is necessary for true diversification. And it's found that you really only need about 10 quality positions, meaning 10 quality stocks to be well diversified if you choose that you want to be in the markets. 
So what that means, folks, is you don't necessarily have to own 300 stocks or 100 different stocks or 80 different stocks to be diversified. Sometimes what happens is you're actually over-diversified, and that over-diversification actually can dilute returns and, and put yourself in a situation where you are having minimal returns because you're over-diversified. So if you have a question about whether or not you're over-diversified, give us a ring, 866-943-2351. Again, that's toll-free, 866-943-2351. We've got to head to a commercial break. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk next segment a little bit about mutual funds' lack of transparency and some other things that you're not going to want to miss. Hang around. We'll be right back right after this. With the volatility in the markets, it can be scary to know the right solutions for managing and protecting your family's wealth. That's why Michael and his team at Wall Financial Group work exclusively with higher net worth clients to engineer portfolios that minimize risk and maximize potential. For more information, visit leanonthewall.com and see if you qualify for a Living Well Retirement Review. Call toll-free 866-943-2351, 866-943-2351. This is the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Welcome back in, folks, to the Wealth and Health Show. Again, I'm your host, Michael Wall, and we are having a special show today. A little bit different than the norm if you've caught us before uh, you listen to any other shows previously, if this is the first time you've joined us, typically we're in a situation where we're interviewing uh, different guests from different C-level executives to leaders of high-demand uh, companies to doctors to holistic experts. We had a really neat interview with a guy by the name of Michael Israel. He was a uh, He's an internationally renowned artist, just a really phenomenal story. And normally, every week, the goal is to bring something from a guest from time to time where we're bringing and adding value on a variety of different industries, so it's kind of always fun and always fresh every week. But from time to time, what I like to do is I like to take just a minute and kind of step back, as I call it, and do a show where we're talking specifically about something that's going on that we're seeing, that maybe we're hearing questions about or we're getting a lot of feedback about, a lot of concerns about, that we just want to cover because you know, I know a lot of times you know, people don't know where to go to get information that they can trust, to get information that they can count on, to get information that they can really kind of swallow, if you will, or, or say, okay, how can I sort through what I'm currently doing in my financial situation to make sure I'm maximizing what I do? Folks, you've worked too long and too hard for what you have. And the last thing you want to do is leave your portfolio to chance. So one of the things that we want to do is we want to make a way where we can talk about solutions and really uncover things in a non-biased way so you can be educated. And then ultimately, if you're in a situation where the more you know, the more you can hopefully have a better performance and, and better overall ride in your retirement and financial life. In addition to that, if at any point in time you have questions for us and you qualify for where we are in Pennsylvania, typically we're a, uh, we're a boutique firm. I have offices in Florida and also in Pennsylvania, we have three different companies. The minimum in Pennsylvania, typically financial minimum, is about 500000 The minimum in Florida is typically about a million. And in other states, we have clients in other states we work with from time to time. That's also a million is our minimum there. So if you qualify for that and you have questions about your situation or you want to see if you can get a wealth review, give us a ring, 
866-943-2351. Again, 866-943-2351. In this segment, I wanted to talk a little bit about the idea of lack of transparency. Again, we're talking about mutual funds, lack of transparency, and some of the big things that we need to be looking out for. There was an article here that I pulled up I thought was interesting. This is from the Wall Street Journal. Now, this is a couple of years back, but I think it's still relevant. And it talks about the five mistakes mutual fund investors make. Now, if you're not a mutual fund investor, meaning that the monies that you have invested are not mutual funds, then you know, you're know you kind of doing okay. I'm not a big fan personally of mutual funds. When we engineer portfolios for clients, we typically will use a little bit more advanced strategy and different things like that that we really like, that we found, and has allowed clients to be in a situation where they're kind of prepared to some degree on what to expect, regardless of what happens economically. Obviously, right now, we're in a place where the markets have been sideways since about November of last year. If you take a look at it and you chart the markets, we see that it's kind of sideways. So we want to make sure that we're protecting wealth. Remember, all of the clients that we work with, this is where my passion comes from, are either retired or they soon will be retired. What that means, in my opinion, is they are in what I call 30 to 40 years of unemployment, otherwise known as retirement. They're in the financial red zone. We need to make sure that we don't fumble the ball at this stage in the game. We need to make sure that when we engineer a portfolio for a client, it's done in such a way where we're not just going to be in a place that a lot of people have heard in the past from a lot of advisors. Maybe you've even heard it now from your current advisor where the thinking is, hey, just hang in there. It's going to come back. It's going to be okay. Well, folks, I got news for you. Hanging is no fun. So when we engineer a portfolio, we're looking for ways that we can strategically bring strategy in from a variety of different investments. We're a totally independent firm. We're a fiduciary. I have a couple of different companies that allows us the ability to essentially work with anything that exists out there on the market. So we want to be looking at all the options and really engineering a portfolio that makes sense. Now, back to the discussion we're talking about today, which is mutual funds. The five big mistakes that mutual fund investors make from the Wall Street Journal article. You can feel free to Google if you'd like. I thought it was an interesting article. Just a couple, and then we'll talk about what we originally discussed, which is lack of transparency. The first thing is not knowing what you own. You know, you're in a situation where, unfortunately, a lot of times with mutual funds, they do not have to disclose what they own. Now, what you're going to get with a lot of mutual funds is you're going to get a statement every quarter that shows, you know, here's what the fund's doing, et cetera. You're going to get some information. So typically quarterly, you're able to figure that out. But sometimes throughout the quarter itself, during that three-month period, you could be in a situation, there could be times where you really don't know what is owned being bought and sold within the fund. Obviously, when things are bought and sold within the fund, that can create some major tax inefficiency uh, in other words, from your perspective, it's going to create a tax bill sometimes, whether you have made money or lost money in the fund. So if you're in a situation where you've owned a mutual fund in the past or several mutual funds, and you've experienced that time where you know you went for a, a given time, a year, whatever it may be, and you actually lost money, that's what I'm referring to when I talk about tax inefficiency. Also, that's one of the reasons that we've seen a lot of ways uh, that they can underperform and things. But not knowing what you own is a huge thing. Think about it, folks. You wouldn't go out there and you wouldn't buy a car and not know exactly what you're getting. Hopefully you wouldn't. Maybe you would. I don't know. But hopefully you wouldn't go out and buy a car and not know exactly what you're getting. In other words, if I was going to go out and buy an exotic car, let's say I was going to go out and buy a Ferrari, I would want to know whether or not that Ferrari was a real Ferrari or it was a, another car with a body kit on it. Think about it. If you went out there and you were going to buy that car, and you were going to spend two hundred fifty dollars or $300,000 on the car, wouldn't you want to know that that car is legitimate? 
if you didn't know, maybe you went out and found out later that it was some type of a, you know, some type of a car that was built, some type of a kit car with a Ferrari body added onto it. And, you know, that's probably not going to happen most of the time, but it could from time to time. You've seen that. So the point is you want to know what you own. It just matters. It's important because, again, you've worked too hard for what you have. And that's why we really want to take a holistic view. We want to take a non-biased approach in educating you if we decide to connect or as we connect with folks, a non-biased, educated approach so that way you know what's happening. Another thing that can happen sometimes is people end up chasing performance. So they'll be in a situation where they see a fund or they see something and they end up chasing performance. That is something that can always, always, always hurt you. You never want to be in a place where you chase performance. I love what Buffett says. He says, it's good to be greedy when people are fearful and fearful when people are greedy. So you're in a situation where you're being cautious of what's happening and uh, not chasing performance. That's very, very important. Now, another thing we know with funds, this is number three in the article, the Wall Street Journal article, that is underestimating the impact of fees. And we've talked about that a little bit before in the segment when we discussed undisclosed or hidden cost. By the way, if you missed the first couple segments of the show, feel free to visit leanonthewall.com, click on the Wealth and Health Show, and you should be able to go ahead and click on that, and that'll come up uh, for that. Or you can go to iTunes. Feel free to go to iTunes and, and search the Wealth and Health Show. We are on iTunes now as well, as well as Stitcher, TuneIn, and a variety of other, other places. SoundCloud is another place where you can go and listen to us. You go to soundcloud.com. Search Wealth and Health Show, and that should come up, and uh, you'll be able to listen to any of the other previous shows or previous segments here. But number three, underestimating the impact of fees. So here's what's interesting when you look at underestimating the impact of fees. Here's a real small example, just with small dollars, so it's real easy to understand. Let's just say you had $2,500 that was invested in the S&P 500 index from October 1982 to September 30th, 2012. So 1982 to September 2012. You started with 2500 bucks. That would be worth a little bit more than $400,000 in September 30th, 2012. Now what's interesting, that same investment, if it was in a mutual fund and the fees were 1.5% a year, that total actually drops below $300,000. So the fees that we encounter, the hidden costs that we have inside of these funds can impact us drastically. And obviously, fees affect your performance as well. This is really, really important. Again, if you're in a situation where you're not sure what your situation looks like, or the fees that you're paying, the costs that you're paying, this is all very important, folks. Take an eye to it. Don't spend more time in your life planning your vacations anymore. Spend more time focusing on your financial situation, getting the right help, and then guess what you'll be able to do? You're going to be able to spend a lot more time on vacation and enjoying your life in general. Now, forgetting taxes is number four. We talked about that earlier, and that's a big thing. Also, taking your eye off the ball. Very important. You know, a lot of investors tend to just kind of set it and forget it. We talked about that earlier. Hold on for the long term. Unfortunately, that is exactly why when we do what we do, what we're looking to do is really be in a place where we are actively managing what's happening, making changes as time moves along. Because things don't stay the same. They just do not stay the same. They change as time moves along. We need to make sure that we change as time moves along. We need to make sure that as those life events come up, that we change with them. So that's something that you want to do all the time is making sure that you're looking in 
your portfolio in your life and what you're doing and making sure that you're changing with things. If you're with an advisor, I'm going to encourage you with this. If you're with an advisor or a financial coach or whatever you want to call it that is in a place where they haven't made a lot of changes for you over the years, and by the way, not all change is good because sometimes those changes could be made and those changes are made primarily because the person just wants to make more money. They want to make commissions. So you want to be cautious of that. And that's one of the reasons the neat part about how we're set up and designed through Retire Well, one of my companies, is we are a fiduciary, meaning that we get paid based on a fee, based on the value of the asset. So our clients know that when we are making changes, when we make changes in, in repositioning things, we're doing it because we believe it's in the best interest of them, and we believe it's going to give us the best opportunity to not only protect, but also grow our money. So you want to be cautious of that. There's a little note. If you are making changes, why are we making those changes? Is it because the advisor is getting another commission? Or is it because we really believe it's in the best interest of moving forward? If you have questions about those changes, or if you're with an advisor that's kind of in the set it and forget it mindset, feel free to give us a ring and see if you qualify for a wealth review. I mentioned the minimums prior. Our toll-free number is 866-943-2351. Again, 866-943-2351. That's toll-free from anywhere in the country. Or you can visit us at leanonthewall.com. Now, what's interesting is this. If you do own mutual funds, your taxes sometimes are out of control. And so what I mean by that is this. You know, we want to make sure that we eliminate some of these different things. And these can be eliminated in some different SMAs, which are separately managed accounts, and a variety of other things. Technology has allowed that to happen. New mutual fund investors typically have to pay capital gains taxes for the entire year, even if they have only owned the fund for one week. So think about that, folks. Because a mutual fund works the way it works, we talked about taxes before. Let's say you bought into the fund, and you bought into it the middle of December in a given year, and then the year ends, and let's say there were capital gains taxes for the year, well, guess what? You would share in those capital gains. How unfair is that? It's totally unfair. Similarly, to be in a situation where, you know, you could go all the way from the political scene where, you know, people are paying a lot of money in taxes, and, and those tax dollars are being given to people who don't want to work. You know, it's one thing if they can't work. It's another thing if they don't want to work. Well, that's not fair. You go out and you work hard, and now the dollars that you're getting and receiving and paying in taxes are being used for people that don't want to work. Again, if they can't work, that's one thing, but not wanting to is another. So with mutual funds, folks, what happens is you are sharing in those capital gains costs regardless of how long you've been in there. Very, very important. Another thing we want to touch on, we're coming close to the end of the show, but mutual fund investors have to pay capital gains taxes when the fund manager liquidates shares of the stocks that the fund owns. Here's what's interesting. Oftentimes, a fund must sell shares of stock because its investors sell shares of the fund. So if somebody wants to get out of the fund, oftentimes the managers have to sell certain shares of the stock because they own too much. Now they got to sell them. Well, when that happens, there is a commission. Well, guess who shares in that commission? You do, even if you do not sell your portion of your mutual fund because you're mutually involved. So, folks, this has been hopefully a helpful show for you. I know I dived a little bit deeper on some of these things. There's a lot more that we could cover, but I don't want it to be too 
quote-unquote boring. Hopefully, it's been good. If you have any questions, you want to listen to any parts of the show that you missed, feel free to visit leanonthewall.com. Again, leanonthewall.com. If you're in a situation where you're just really frustrated about where you are financially and you qualify for the minimums that I mentioned, which in Pennsylvania is 500000 in Florida and other states it's $1 million. If you qualify for those financial minimums, give us a ring, 866-943-2351, 866-943-2351, and we will have a conversation with you, give you some thoughts, see if it makes sense to have a wealth review. We are a boutique firm, so we don't work with everyone. We want to make sure it's the right fit one to another, but we want to offer that to you. and want to make sure that you go ahead and visit leanonthewall.com to check out the education tab. Educate yourself, folks. The more educated you become, the better choices you're going to make, and the better you will fare in your future and your finances. And I'm excited for you to live well in any economy as time moves along. Until next week, have a great one. We will talk with you soon. Thanks so much for joining us. Information provided during the Wealth and Health Show is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Hey folks, it's Michael Wall here. Just wanted to share a quick thought on how you can make a huge impact on someone else's life. As an active member of Christ Fellowship, I've had the opportunity to interact with a variety of top-notch charities. And it can be challenging sometimes to know where to get involved, either with your time, financially, or both, and then to be sure that your gifts and donations are really making a change. So I wanted to share with you an organization that has recently been ranked number one by Charity Navigator and is dramatically improving the lives of young people, Place of Hope. Place of Hope has been doing just what its name says, giving hope to young people since the mid-90s. I want to encourage you to visit placeofhope.com. Again, that's placeofhope.com to learn more and to see how you can help the cause of improving our nation one child at a time. With the volatility in the markets, it can be scary to know the right solutions for managing and protecting your family's wealth. That's why Michael and his team at Wall Financial Group work exclusively with higher net worth clients to engineer portfolios that minimize risk and maximize potential. For more information, visit leanonthewall.com and see if you qualify for a Living Well Retirement Review. Call toll-free 866-943-2351, 866-943-2351.